0: And so until I could heal that part of me that wanted the significance and wanted to be a part of all the big decisions, I was never going to have freedom. And so it was like, all of a sudden I saw it so clear.
1: At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. Welcome, my love. Welcome to Mystic Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. And I hope that so far you've been enjoying our last episodes of September. This is the third week of September now. And as I mentioned before, right before this episode of September, I mentioned that in September we have so much money consciousness talk, we have so much abundance talk, so much prosperity talk, and of course, this is no different. Today, we are here with Emily Wilcox. She's a crystal loving, coffee drinking, money magnetizer, and business coach. Emily's mission is to help female entrepreneurs uncover their money wounds and heal them in community so that more money flows to embodied women and collectively up levels the planet. One of the most interesting things about Emily is that she has built two seven-figure businesses but she did it in the masculine energy of hustling and grind. And at some point, she decided to ditch the beliefs that it has to be hard. And she put those businesses in the hands of her capable team so that she could dive deeper and amplify what she truly loves, which is the inner work. She uses energetics, woo-woo, and a sprinkle of estrategi- strategy <laughs> to help women call in more money, joy, abundance, and play. Which could not be more in alignment to what we are all about here in the mystic community. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with Emily because she's such a loving, open, vulnerable person. And I think you're really gonna get so many nuggets out of this conversation with her. She brings practical tools to money. She also brings the... We go through her entire story from the beginning to where she's at now, from this masculine paradigm to this amazing balance of masculine and feminine energy. It's going to be such an amazing ride. We're going to explore her entire story. There is going to be parts that you are going to feel connected to. There is going to be parts that you perhaps have lived through also and can start to shift the perspectives based on the teachings and the wisdom that she's gathered in her journey and is here to share with us. So before we dive into this amazing conversation with Emily Wilcox, I want to let you know what's happening in the world and where are the invitations for you to deepen your money consciousness, for you to deepen your soul abundance and for you to come and play in my world. So right now there is a two main offers that are happening right now. There are, about to start next week and i am just so excited for the magic that we're going to anchor together so the first thing is 888 mastermind it still has a few spots open to come to welcome you into this eight-week magical portal to expand your spiritual connection to expand the power of your leadership and the gifts that you're here to share with the world. So 888, it's a combination of a mastermind and also some programs are part of the mastermind, but mainly it's eight weeks. We meet every week and every week we cover an energetic soul reading for one of the participants. And in between we have some boxer support, meaning we get to integrate and body, elevate together in a group chat. So it's going to be super exciting. This is for Those of you who are looking for sisterhood, who are looking to elevate and expand what you already have going on, those of you who are ready to take a deep look inside, heal the codes that you're ready to embody and start to understand how your leadership can be solidified in a way of, you know, sharing with others. And beginning to stand or claim the seat in the table of the powerful leaders and starting to really understand what's your unique way of moving people through things, what is the unique way of sharing your message, of sharing your gifts. This is going to be so beautiful, solidification, redefining your skills and pure acceleration of a spiritual and leadership growth. And on that, and as part of 888, which is included, but also you can... Purchase it separately. It's Solar Abundance, which is a five-week program to move into into collapsing time, working in the quantum fifth-dimensional living. Is a whole vibe. Is a whole lifestyle. And it's going to be freaking amazing. And if you're interested about this program, about soul abundance, if you're just a little bit curious, you can listen to the previous episode with Valentina, who is a co-mentor of this program with me. And there you're really going to get all the vibes and all the things. And when you're ready and as you're ready, come into my DMs and then we'll get you all set up. So for those two offers that start next week. So I think next week we start 888 and then the week after we start soul abundance, but anyway, coming to my DMs if you have any questions, I am open and ready for you. When you're open and ready for me, let's make this divine union. So, so without any further ado, let's dive into this a juicy conversation with Emily Wilcox. I'm just so happy to like have a conversation with you. And to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about, I mean, I know you've had, you created two, like seven figure businesses that your mind is like the way you look at the world, the way you do life, the way you stand for what you stand for. I'm just so happy to be here and, and kind of riff a little bit about the life that you've created.
0: Awesome. I am too. So fun. Yes. <laughs> and
1: so to begin with, um, just like so everybody that is listening to this conversation has an idea of how we met. So we are part of the same mastermind who's amazing support in sisterhood and and kind of like, you know, just that was what brought us together. But what I really love about your energy is this like very sure and stable and like grounded energy, so I know you 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 have your work about you know, and you call yourself money magnetizer, which I love, and we're gonna get into. And you also talk about you know feminine ways to be to create and and to build businesses. But the, the thing that I want to like start with is like, what do you think is the foundation of everything that you do? Like I know people talk about the the balance between masculine and feminine, but what is like the foundation that you believe about everything that you've created, which is magnificent?
0: I really believe that it has much more to do with the soul journey than this human journey. And so Mm -hmm. for me, you know, I, um, I really started exploring spirituality and metaphysics, like as a teenager and started getting into a meditation practice as an early adult. And so it really helped set the context for what this one lifetime is, right? Which I believe it's school and we have these opportunities to take some required curriculum and some elective curriculum. And it's really all for the purpose of ultimate liberation, right? But it's something more tangible. It's raising our vibration, raising our frequency so that we're spending more time or getting closer to, you know, union and oneness with everything. And so I've, I, you know, I've had a career in corporate America, I've built two seven figure businesses from very masculine energy. I've pivoted into, you know, coaching and helping other women entrepreneurs. And like, who knows if that will be the thing for the rest of my life, or if there's 10 more things, but the undercurrent of it all is my own personal liberation project, right? And needing to step into these next level versions of me whenever whenever I get that call.
1: I love that as you're talking about like the undercurrent, because this is such a beautiful way of looking at building life sustainably, which is like, okay, but what is the undercurrent that really takes you through? Because entrepreneurship, and we can even go into that. I would love to hear your take on entrepreneurship and and your whole journey about deciding to be an entrepreneur but I think like when it comes to to that journey that we that we go into like that undercurrent it's really the thing right and but it's so easy for us to get caught up in the everyday things and what's not working what is working what needs your attention what doesn't need your attention your team I mean there's so much right but That's why I wanted to start this very deep conversation that we're going to have from the foundation of at the end of the day, don't take your life too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's all just a part of a beautiful liberation and like a soul expansion. I love that you saying that, Emily. And with that said, how did entrepreneurship started for you? Like, are you like an entrepreneurship soul from the very beginning or how did that happen?
0: you know, I did not feel that way from the very beginning. Um, it was more, I I feel like in a way I was just led into it. And so my husband actually, um, started playing in entrepreneurship before I did. And I always loved helping him with what he was doing. Like it definitely felt like a fun, creative outlet. Um, I do love putting on a strategic hat, and you know, just kind of thinking about, you know, launching new products or offers into the world and that kind of thing. And at the same time, I was in corporate America with, you know, a, a nice six-figure income and a 401k with a company match and a company car and our health insurance benefits. And that gave me a lot of feelings of safety and security particularly because I saw that when Jeff left um, a job to become an entrepreneur, it really meant a ton of unpredictability on his side of things. So it was like, sometimes there was money and sometimes there wasn't. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not that that has to be the case, but that's the way that it was for us. And so I always thought, okay, well, I'll be the one that offers the stability and the predictability and then he can go after some of these bigger like moonshot type of projects and that'll be a nice balance. Um and that worked for a few years. Um if I'm being completely honest in hindsight and like now that I've done more inner work, um I don't think that was actually a great balance for us. It definitely it felt good at the time because I felt more comfortable in masculine energy. And so like for me having control felt good, but also it's not the best in a, in a relationship dynamic for, in my opinion, for the woman to be primarily in her masculine energy. Um, And I think I had some underlying resentments around like being the breadwinner and being the one who sort of had to um, make sure that, all of the, the important tangibles were taken care of. But nevertheless, we did that for a few years. And then, um, when I had my daughter, I was out on maternity leave and Jeff convinced me that we should start a little baby clothing business on Amazon. And so it was like kind of this little side hustle thing. Like I was home with the babies. We, Jeff and I had more time together and we like, You know, just launched it, this very like homegrown thing out of our house. And when I went back to work, I had a very bumpy reentry into corporate America as a mother. And so I never expected, like, I never wanted to be a stay at home mom. I never expected that it would be difficult for me to go back to work. Um, But it really was. And so it totally changed my priorities. And up until that point, I could see the game of corporate America and it was like easy for me. I was like, okay, I know exactly who I need to please, what I need to do, how I need to speak, how I need to dress to like win at this, right? To yeah. succeed. And after becoming a mother, it was like, oh, I, I still see it all, but I actually like, I don't want to do it. And I can't make myself do that in that same way. Like it was not your game anymore or it was, it was not. That's the game right. That was yeah, exactly. It was like, I still see the game. I still know how to win. But now I just want to like forfeit and leave the table because it just doesn't feel good anymore. And so from that point, it still took me three years. That in itself,
1: I feel like it's such an awakening, right? It's such a like you know, oh, whoa, this is what I've been a part of. And even though maybe it did fit at some point, but then now it doesn't. So who am I after this? And all of that, I love, I, that's such a journey in its own.
0: Yes, it really is. And, and I think I see that so much with women where motherhood really does awaken so much for us, right? Like it's such a portal to the divine. You know, we're literally creating life. It completely reprioritizes, what feels important. And I think it's really cool. And that's why you see so many women pivot in their careers at that time.
1: I see this so much. And even so many women that I've interviewed for Mystic Podcast, for for, for the community, we've talked about this. We talked about something happens when, you know when they're moving through motherhood, that it's like their spirituality awakens, like their bigger purpose awakens, like there is something that is just like, like you're saying, you you reprioritize your entire life and your entire mission because you see the world very differently. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So from that point for me, it still took three years before I left, but it, it planted the seed of like, okay, I need an exit strategy, and so then the goal became: by the time we're we're ready and have a second child, I'm not going back. And so we continued growing our e-commerce business, which you know during that three-year window, you know, sold over a million dollars on Amazon, and so wow, it really grew. And then at the time when my son JJ was born, we launched an Amazon sales agency as well. So we had the two businesses and I never went back to corporate America. And that's that's been three and a half years now.
1: What a story. And it's so interesting that like, as you're saying, I think a lot of people think about changes or entrepreneurships especially at the beginning as like you need to quit what you're doing and really go for it which yeah. it is the story for many people but it's not the story for everyone meaning right. even though you knew that corporate america was not for you for 3 years you were still building what you were going to eventually move into still in the corporate job because for everybody that is listening and if you are doing if you're starting like if you're in your business and you're in the few first years of your business, and you're still in this other job that is not in alignment, don't feel so bad about it, which is usually the kind of self-sabotage cycle that happens of like, you know, oh, but I'm still here. And it's like, it doesn't matter because you know where you're going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, during those three years, I, I did have to give myself a lot of pep talks. And so there was a lot of intentionality, but I really looked at it, um, The analogy that made sense to me was like zooming in and zooming out. So I would just like imagine this camera, right? And it was like, sometimes I would feel pretty unhappy with my corporate job and it was like, okay, zoom in more. And it was like when I'd zoom in to like, okay what do I have to do today? Okay, I'm going to see, I was in pharmaceutical sales. I'm going to see these four doctors and their nurses and staff. I like them, they're sweet people. I'm happy to see them. They have patients that I can serve. (sighs) Okay. I can do this today. And then like zooming out and being a little bit and being like, this is, you know, this is helping. Like we're still getting closer. Our other business is growing. And so it was just a game of like finding the right focus that felt good so sometimes it meant zooming way out and seeing like okay in the big picture this is all really good this all works out and sometimes it meant zooming way into like what do I need to do in the next 10 minutes and can I find you know happiness or at least neutrality right in that moment
1: I love this so much so much because as you're saying it's whatever you focus on is where the energy goes. It's where like our world, if we think about it, is whatever we're looking at because it's happening now. And I teach this a lot in my programs about now it's everything. So whatever you're focusing on now, it's your entire reality in a sense. So I love the idea of kind of playing with the focus because that is what you're creating more of. Yeah. And and then I see that you eventually moved into like coaching and mentoring. And, and how did that all came through? Because I mean, the work that you're doing with women right now and the money reprogramming that you're doing, it's just magic.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, I would say for the last year, maybe year and a half, I had the feeling that there were seeds being planted that I didn't fully understand. And I knew that I I was really spending a lot of my time and energy on our Amazon sales agency. So our e-commerce business was still going, but it was a little more on autopilot. It was kind of managed by our team. And I was very focused on our agency because we have like, 15 people on our staff and, you know, we have 40 or 50 clients that we serve. And, um, and I enjoyed the business building aspect of it. Um, I could feel that like, this was, this was what I needed to be doing now. Like there was growth in it for me, there was growth in it for my team, but it never felt like this is what I'll be doing forever. And so it was like, okay, well, I'll know when I know, but right now this feels like what I'm meant to be doing. And so I was doing it with that feeling in the background of like, at some point there's going to be something else. I don't know when, and I don't know what, but you know, God will, <laughs> God's going to reveal it to me. Right. When the, when the time is right. And I'll get this sign. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, in December I was, I was working with some coaches and in masterminds and, you know, we were doing kind of some visioning into the new year and I really felt like, okay, like my intention for 2021 is to be more led by my higher self. And between Christmas and new years, we, uh, took a trip to Sedona, Arizona, which is, you know, has a lot of magical spiritual energy there um, with one other family. And she's like one of my besties and she's, she's a woman entrepreneur as well. And we were like, okay, we're going to do all the spiritual woo woo things like while we're in Sedona, that's the goal. And I just started getting a lot of downloads while I was there. Like, okay, we got to get rid of this program that we're offering to our agency clients. And you know, just stuff that felt so clear to me. And my husband, you know, I'm like telling him because he's in the business too, like, hey, we we got to stop offering this program immediately. He's like, what? Huh? And I was like, no, think about it. This is how I feel. And he's like, yeah, okay. All right. I I can get on board with that. And so there were all these things coming through. And at one point we had Kind of like a shamanic masseuse come to the house and (laughs) do energy healing and massage. (laughs) Oh yeah. So like the first 60 minutes were like great massage. And then and then she starts talking and kind of like channeling. And I'll be honest, like what she was saying did not resonate with me at all. And I was like, Oh interesting. I should have just gotten the massage. Like the massage was so good. (laughs) And now I'm getting this weird stuff. She was saying like, you know, it might, it may not seem like it, but you know, you're really just barely keeping your head above water and you really need to change things. I was like, what is she talking about? Like, I'm so supported by a team. I'm not, I work like 20 hours a week. Wait, I have a question. Do you think that what she was talking about was more about
1: like the energetics of what was happening that you were not aware of? Or was her message completely off? Which I have something to say about the delivering of messages are completely off.
0: <laughs> mm, okay, so let me, so I'll tell you a little bit more and then we can we can dissect this together. we will get your take on it. So Beautiful. as she's talking and she's saying things that I'm like, Ugh, whatever, I don't know what's going on here the thought drops into my head, you need to take a month off of work. And I was like, what? (laughs) Eh, Like, but it was so crystal clear. And so I kind of tried to just like set it aside, like, okay, we'll deal with you later. Like, let me see if that still feels like something, you know, in a couple hours or in a day. And I, so I don't even remember a lot of what else she said, but that thought came through. And so and it and it kept building. Like I couldn't ignore it. The last thing I wanted to do was take a month off of work for a variety of reasons. Mind you, the timing is between Christmas and New Year's. So that means we've essentially had 2 weeks off of work. Right? That's like the biggest holiday break of the year in the United States. So Normally you want to come back in January, like all fired up, like in January energy, you know, (laughs) like this is the new year we're going to get cracking. But the thought kept building over the next day or two. And I actually got like some clarification that it actually felt like six weeks away, not four weeks. And I was like petrified to talk to my husband about this. I'm like, for one, I, my history in the past has been to really attach my self-worth to my work so not working brings up a lot for me and I know because I had spent the last year not working on Wednesdays and they were the hardest day of the week because they were the day where I had to feel all of the anxiety (laughs) and all of the things that work was masking so the idea of taking that time away actually felt awful and then you couple that with the fact that on the outside to other people, they're perceiving that as, oh, you're just going to be on a vacation. You're just going to be doing nothing. Oh, you're just going to watch Netflix. It was like, it just sounded horrible. And then imagine talking to my husband about it, who's in the business as well. And I'm the CEO. I knew he was going to feel abandoned oh and feel God. super triggered by the whole thing which he did, and like I held space for that because I was like, I know, (laughs) I get it. I said, and my intention for this year was to be led by my higher self, and I can't set that intention and then have something come through and not listen. Like, I'm just, I'm not willing to ignore it, so I'm gonna do it scared, and I'm gonna trust that it all works out. So going back to your question about the channel, the way that I interpreted it was that she opened the channel. And so the message came through. It just didn't come through from her words.
1: Exactly. That is super interesting because so to not take too much on this little story, but when I was in Bali working with shamans and healers, I remember a friend of mine who was there with me uh, or who I met there. She was saying that one time she went to a healer and the healer told her something that was completely wrong. She was saying that she was going to break up with her partner. I don't even know what it was. And she was so against whatever the healer had said that she created the opposite so the healer said your marriage is probably gonna end like your marriage is gonna end and she didn't want it that she really realized how much she wanted her marriage Mm. so what she did after being with the healer was not that she opted into the idea that her marriage was going to end she opted in the opposite idea of like i'm gonna make this work And by the time I met her, she has the most amazing marriage and she was um, she had three beautiful kids and it's such a beautiful thing. But what I wanted to say a lot of the times and this is the hardest things about um, delivering messages that sometimes is what we need to hear, but not what we expect to hear. And as a healer or as a. um, as a translator of messages, you know, it's, I was saying this to my client today, our job, it's not the result. Our job is the activation, mm. meaning our job is to just deliver what we see. And then the reaction of that person it's for their highest good, but it's not for us to say when that, when that is, or how that looks like. So I love that you said, you know, there was something that happened. Like there was, there is something that changed after that interaction but it's not necessarily her words which i would have expected that that's what was going to change things for right. me so i think it's so interesting about how that gets to work and sometimes i get scared and being completely honest of sharing something that feels so off for people but it's what they need to hear even if it's not that exact message that they need to hear even if it is that they need to get mad about it or ragey about it or Whatever whatever the thing is. But one other thing that you mentioned that I love is I was so tied up with my worth being my work that being off felt so uncomfortable. One of the biggest things that I've noticed is that we all want freedom, freedom of space, freedom to be. But when we get that space, there is so much deconditioning there. Yes, As you're saying... As you're saying, you know, I was loved every time I was fixing problems. I was loved every time I was a CEO. So could I allow love when I was not in those? And we'd love to hear your journey of how that feels today or how you've worked through that.
0: Yeah, there was so much healing came up that came up during those six weeks away. And one of the questions that bubbled up inside of my mind to ask myself was you desire freedom. Like, I will tell you that freedom is my number one core value. And yet you've created a business that doesn't make you feel free. And what Mm -hmm. I realized was I had these competing desires because I said that I wanted freedom But I also wanted to feel important, I wanted significance, and so I wanted a seat at the table when any important decisions were being made. Yeah. And so until I could heal that part of me that wanted the significance and wanted to be a part of all the big decisions, I was never going to have freedom. And so it was like all of a sudden I saw it so clear that it was like this choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're the CEO, so you can choose to stay involved on all big decisions. And are you willing to sacrifice feeling free for that? And And it just felt like no. And so... I I see this a lot where, you know, kind of going back to masculine and feminine energy is we want to jump right into the strategy or the tactic, right? The masculine energy, like, oh, well, your calendar is too full. Have you tried delegating? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And it's like, none of that will work if underneath it all, The energy is, look at me, look at me, include me, make me feel important. So it's like we have to heal that first. And then, yeah, the strategy and the tactic of actually clearing the calendar is not the hard part. Yeah, exactly. So it was like once I healed that piece, it was I got so many downloads around like, oh, we need an operations manager on our team. Oh, well, it turns out that we actually already have the perfect person on our team for that role. Let me have a discussion with her. Wow, she's super interested in doing it. And like the at this point, I'm jumping ahead. But Jeff is now the CEO of that business because I'm focused more on coaching women entrepreneurs. But his schedule looks vastly different as CEO than when I was in that role. Like he could work 10 hours a week and he would be fine. And the business would run and it would generate, you know, over $100,000 a month in revenue, like clockwork. Because there's so much more system and delegation and team empowerment in place and all of that happened through this sort of awakening of sorts.
1: Which is so interesting to think about how the same position can look like so different depending on who's in that position, meaning the CEO position can look like so differently depending on how much we're allowing freedom or not allowing freedom, how much we, we are allowing this is some of the things that I've been talking about a lot. It's like we use our business to validate who we are. And until yes. we stop doing that, we're not going to have freedom. And we're going to, our business is not going to work for us. We're going to work for the business. So yes. that shift in, in the understanding of like, where is your business validating you? And it's bringing that back into who you are. Because as, as you're saying, depending on who's in their role, like the role can look so different. And it's yeah. not about the world itself. It can even be the same company. It's about the yes. person and the yes. work that has moved through through that person. So so you did take the six weeks,
0: and how did that how did that go? <laughs> yeah, so you know, the way that it felt to me was that something wanted to be birthed. And so when I talked to my husband Jeff, and we have one other business partner in in that business. You know, I, I even said that. I said, look, it feels like childbirth, right? Like it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient. Like when, when the baby's ready to come, it's like clear the schedule. And and that's how this feels. Like I can feel this big energy and it needs space to come through. At the time, I thought that it was having something to do with Elevate, our agency, And it did to an extent, but it was so much bigger than that, because essentially what wanted to come through was spirit calling me into coaching women entrepreneurs. So a piece of that was Elevate, but the piece that was Elevate was how do we get the right structures in place, like, so that it does run itself, And so a lot came through for that. But I had imagined that at the end of the six weeks, I was going to be returning to the business, like feeling more connected. And it was like, as each week went by, I was feeling more and more and more disconnected. It was like, I knew that wasn't where the energy was supposed to be flowing. And it became clear to me that, The ask was to start stepping into more alignment. And what I realized was if you were to come hang at my house, right, even a year ago, Daniela, like we would, what would we be talking about? We would be talking about the inner work we'd be talking about human design. We would be talking about channeling. We'd be talking about meditation. We would be talking all things woo-woo. Whether we're making dinner, or enjoying a meal, sitting by the fire in the backyard, that was me. But then I was putting on this like work hat and not expressing that. And so it was still the undercurrent, right? As we mm-hmm. talked about before. But it was like this new call up that kind of happened during my six-week solbatical was like, there's like a next level of alignment, which is like, can this be your work, right? Like, can work and play feel the same? Ooh. Can the things that you want to talk about in your free time that you love that light you up can those be the same things that you get to talk about in your business and with your clients? And that felt like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And, and so I just started taking steps in that direction. And it was not an overnight thing right? Like it wasn't like, oh, this is exactly what my business is going to look like. And this is what I'm going to coach on. But I always call, you know, the, the path of intuition is the breadcrumb trail. It's always Mm -hmm. just one little, one little clue or hint or nudge at a time. (laughs) And so I just, I just followed the breadcrumb trail and here I am.
1: You know, I love that you're saying like, it took you to move into your feminine to receive the masculine structure which yes. is the other way of what you're saying sometimes we go directly to the masculine without having received the masculine instead we are we are like Forcing the masculine and the way it's like it doesn't work like that in divine masculine. You gotta shift into the feminine, allow the breadcrumbs to come, and those breadcrumbs would be that is structure in that masculine, um, like vision that it starts to come into place. But I totally agree in this idea of like it's breadcrumbs, which can be frustrating if we are again expecting this masculine of of oh, I know I have a plan and I have 10 steps and they're all going to work, you know? So this idea of like following the breadcrumbs is so much into our femininity, which then becomes this balance, right? Between masculine and feminine. So I love that that's how like it initiated for you. And then it initiated into something that it's, you know, your money magnetizer. So how does that, let's, let's move and shift into like this, part of you this is this whole money magnetizer thing like tell me more about it.
0: (laughs) Yes. So once I when I got the message like okay you're meant to be coaching women entrepreneurs. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So what does that look like? Right. And so I was just sitting (laughs) with that for a while. And then it just started feeling like an inner knowing like it's supposed to be about money. And I'll be honest, it scared the shit out of me because it was like the thing that felt the hardest for me in my life journey, right? Like, I, I felt, I always felt like I was chasing money, like I had to earn money, that whether money was there or wasn't there, that that meant something about me. I was very attached to the ideas of like money being hard, right? Like you have to work hard to make money. And so I had been doing work behind the scenes over the last two years to really uncover so much of that subconscious patterning, those old inner child wounds, and really doing a lot of healing around that. And and seeing the results, right? Like seeing us break new records and bring in more money and call in more wealth and material desires and all of that. Um, but I think because it, because it felt like this hard theme in my life it was like, wait, you want me to teach on that? <laughs> you know, like that feels so scary. Like it brought up all this imposter syndrome. Like, well, who am I? Um, and so, yeah, it, but as I sat with it more and more, it's like, but it's also the topic that's so interesting to me. And what I really saw and what became so clear was like, we all have money wounds. We all have conditioning around money that comes from early childhood and is perpetuated by, you know, society, by those close to us, et cetera. We all have that. And yet, because of societal norms, we don't talk about it. And it's mm-hmm. crazy to me because I, I look at food, right? We're all human beings and we all need to eat food. We need to eat it to survive, but we also can experience so much pleasure through food. We can experience community and connection through food. And we love to talk about food. We think about it a lot. We talk about it a lot. We experience it through community. And so imagine if we said tomorrow, like, you know what, none of us are going to talk about food anymore. That's just weird. That's, you know, (laughs) that's just a topic we should avoid. Yes, we all need to eat it, but there's no need to talk about it. And that's what we do with money. We know we all need it. We know we all desire more of it. We know we can all experience pleasure through it. We know that we can participate and show up in our community in a bigger way with it. And yet, for some reason, we've all collectively decided that we're not going to talk about it. And because we're not talking about it, we're not healing it. Mm-hmm. It's like we're, we're not saying out loud the weird and, and untrue thoughts in our head that we have, that if we did say it out loud, somebody could say like, oh, wait a second. That's not true. That's not right. And so I just felt like, man, this is it. This is it for me. Like my mission is for us to talk about money and like heal our money wounds and community, which will put, I believe will put more hands or money. We'll put more money in the hands of women entrepreneurs, that's my focus, and really help us up-level the planet.
1: It is so interesting because there's so much guilt and shame around talking about it, wanting it, but yet we all want it, we all desire it, we all need it. Like there is so much around it. I mean, and when I talk about we all need it, it's like it's a currency that is the currency that we decided that it's how we live. So it is so interesting that it's a taboo. And I remember for me, when I started talking about money, going through the same things of feeling ashamed and feeling guilt and feeling like I couldn't tell anybody because then they were going to take it from me. I mean, there is so much that moves through that. So my question to you, and before before I asked that, one of the things that was coming as you were talking was, one of the things that I've noticed the biggest when it comes to money is that money does not change our patterns. So... Even, even like, even though you were running, you know, seven-figure businesses, the money patterns were there. What money does is that it amplifies whatever you've got going on. So if you if you don't have money and you're broke, having money is not gonna change it. And if you have money, not having it, nothing is gonna change. Like it's it only amplifies what's already there. So as somebody that works with women, with you know with the money work and the the reprogramming and rewiring of how we see it and how we allow it what is the biggest things that you've seen or that you move people through one of the biggest like you know obstacles that we move through when it comes to money and in the beginning of that healing relationship
0: yeah so so much money work is tied in with worthiness and like clearing guilt and shame and for women in particular, it's like this this path of like claiming our desires, and then being willing to step into our power. And so the funny thing about money work, which I'm I'm sure you know too, because any of us who have been on this path, it's like it it's all about money and not about money at the same time. It's <laughs> such a duality. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we can talk about money for a moment, right? Like something as simple as like, I desire a hundred K month. Okay, cool, cool. And then we may talk for days and weeks and months, not about the money at all, but about all of the other things that are actually blocking the money from coming to us, right? Because if we don't feel worthy of it, If we're afraid that having it means that we're going to be rejected by those we love the most and we're going to be abandoned, we're going to lose our belonging, we're going to be judged, um, of course we're not going to get it, right? Our brain is so incredible at protecting us from undesirable outcomes, (laughs) That it would be far more desirable to just not have the 100K month, but still have family and still have friends and still have belonging and still feel wanted and not feel judged.
1: Oh my God. And as you're saying that, I want to share, I don't think I've shared this, one of the biggest resistance that I had before I broke through with my money mindset and and money allowing was that I thought that if I made money... My partner and I were going to break up and Mm I wouldn't know, like, because my parents broke up because of money. My family has been broken in many ways because of money. So I didn't want to allow money in because of what would, what would probably mean for us and, and maybe not moving through that. And as you're talking, what's coming through, it's like, it's not about money. It's about what money represents. That when we allow money to be that activator, we move through soul liberation. But it's not about money. It's about the the things that money activate in us that is actually what we desire.
0: Yes. And I am so grateful to money because it's such an incredible activator. It's so incredible. All the time, I think thank you money. Because if you weren't so enticing, like if you weren't such a beautiful carrot dangling in front of us, we would not do this work. We would not do this deep, really uncomfortable stuff. It is uncomfortable. Yes. If, if I told you like, Hey, the end, the end result is just, you're, you're going to feel more joy and more peace. But in order to get that, you have to walk through this deep discomfort. You're going to have to dredge up all kinds of stuff. You would say, no, I'm good. I I don't need a little more joy and more peace. Like, I'm fine. But if I say on the other side of it is a million dollars, all of a sudden, you're like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's get uncomfortable.
1: Yes, oh, this is so good
0: because it's really
1: shifting that understanding of the opportunities that money are giving us that it is about it, but it's not about it, but it is so what is one of the biggest things that as a practice right as a practical tool um for anybody to to take on out of this conversation, whether it is a masculine practice or a feminine practice, what is? One of the two go things that have shifted huge,
0: like massive things for you when it comes to money relationship. Mm. Yeah, so my big thing is like you have to understand what you're working with. and so if if you're listening and you don't really know what's bouncing around in your subconscious mind around money, then that's like mission number one, because it's so hard for us to make these shifts when we can't really see it for what it is and so an easy way to bring it up is to say um open your journal and write money is bad because and then just free flow whatever pops into your mind write it down even if it doesn't feel like your thought just write it down um I can't have more money because dot, dot, dot. That will dredge up all of the stuff that's already been there, right? Thoughts don't just bubble into our mind if they haven't already been there under the surface. So all we're doing is bringing it from the depths to the surface because once it's on the surface and once it's written out on the journal, then we can look at it. And then you'll start to see some themes. And it's like, it's usually going to boil down to, um, uh, essentially I'm afraid to have more money because I'll be judged or I'll be, you know, um, kicked out of my community. Right. So it's, it's like you worrying about losing your important relationship with your partner, So if we think that we're going to lose our relationships with our family, our friends, our community, our loved one, that's usually all tied into this judgment around money. Because we're less concerned about the random stranger that's judging us than we are about, you know, the people we actually care about. Um, It might be like, I can't have money because dot, 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 who am I? I'm nobody. I'm not doing anything special in this world. Ooh, okay. So there's a huge worthiness piece here. So it's like, I think sometimes in the, in the sort of spiritual and manifestation community, we're so afraid of the negative that we try to just bypass it all together. And just giving yourself a negatively framed journal prompt, is actually just going to bring up everything that's already there. And you think that that's going to be a bad thing because it's, it's going to mean that you're focusing on it and you're going to attract more of it. No, no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Now you actually get to look at it. You can heal it. You can release it. You can say, you know what? This belief was never even mine. This one was my mom's. Okay. I'm ready okay. to release this one. Yeah.
1: I love that. And it's like something that you said that was super interesting, which was write it down, even if it doesn't feel like your own thought. Yes. Yeah. Because a lot of these things were so sneaky about it that it's always like, I don't think that, I don't really think that money is bad. None of this. And then the thing is, is not only, and especially for the work that I do, that I've know that I've seen is that it's like ancestral things it's lineage thing is DNA coding it's so much that even if it doesn't feel like it's you it's there in that bucket that you don't like to look at yes this is so good and so in terms of I would be interested to see how you see money in terms of masculine and feminine. Like, do you have a point of view in, in like, do you see it as a masculine thing? Do you see it as a feminine thing? Like how
0: do you welcome it in your life? That's a great question. Um I guess I do see it as slightly more masculine. Um Because it is a tool. It is, you know, We use digital currency so much now, but I do see it as, like, it is this kind of physical representation of something. Um, And I wouldn't get too caught up. Like, I think the truth of the truth, right, is that money is neutral and we sort of add our own story and flavoring and energetics around it. Yeah. So I'm less concerned, like if for whatever reason money feels more feminine to you, perfect. Go with that. Um, But one of the exercises that I like to do with clients sometimes is um, imagining an actual relationship with money. And so if you're someone, if you're a woman and you're attracted to men, then you would imagine like money being a man, a romantic partner, but you could also Imagine money being a female romantic partner. It's just fine. But start to really contextualize like, what does that relationship look like? Right? Like, if you're being honest about your relationship with money, are you treating money like a booty call? And then you're feeling all this guilt and shame afterwards? Are you treating money like the nagging spouse? This is what I see this one a lot where it's like, I needed you here, and I needed you here at this time in this amount, and you didn't show up exactly in the way that I wanted you to, so now I'm mad at you, and I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. And it's like when we can put it in the frame of a relationship, we can start to see why money is not that interested in growing a relationship with us.
1: hmm and i love that this came up so i had another guest that was also um she's also into or or this is what she she teaches it's it's wealth codes and and money mentality and money relationships in the same conversation coming through which for me it's so beautiful to see the correlation of those who are teaching money codes who are teaching um, about the healing of the relationship with money, that they have this similar patterns of like mm-hmm. something that, you know, for so long we have not been taught. Like we've never taught about, you know, your relationship with money. Like what is that even? We're always like that's a thing and you need to have it and, and you either have it or you don't. And it's, it's like you're saying that bad presence a lot of the times because it's, you know, you always blame your problems in it. So yeah. I love that you're bringing up the idea of an actual relationship because for those of you who have been listening by the time you're listening to this episode you're getting it that it really is about that relationship and and I love the idea of you know seeing it as like the the romantic relationship with someone yeah. Thank you yeah. so much Emily this is so good I think there is so many pieces about your story and your your courageousness through Building all these businesses and and following your journey that eventually, you know, you get closer and closer and closer. So that was feels really true to you. And I love that you're opening up more and more to us. You're saying every time I open a business, it feels closer to like my truth, that it's in that yeah. moment, right? Whatever that truth is at that moment. So thank you so much for this time. And I mean, there's so much that you there's so much wisdom that you carry. So everybody listening, go and find Emily. I'm going to ask you where we can find you, Emily, because everybody that is listening, go and be in Emily's world and, and just soak up all her love. And she has programs, she has masterminds, she has so many things going on. So Emily, what's the best place to find you? And what do you have going on in your world right now?
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm pretty active on social media. So on Facebook, it's just Emily June Wilcox on Instagram. My handle is M makes money. So E M dot makes dot money. And I would love to be in community with anyone who wants to follow along. Um, yeah, we've got a few spaces open for our Q4 Rise mastermind. So that's a really fun one for six and seven figure women entrepreneurs. We do a live retreat plus three months of virtual masterminding. And, you know, I tend to attract a lot of women that that have a similar journey to me where they've built businesses in masculine energy. And being a part of a mastermind allows us to really play in the feminine You know, it's like you and I are in a mastermind together, right? And so we feel so much support and so much sisterhood that it does allow us to receive and soften and surrender (laughs) in a way that we simply cannot do if we're choosing to go it alone.
1: Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think for me, being in a mastermind has really changed the game for me in so many ways. So thank you so much, Emily. Thank you all of you for listening to this conversation, for being part of the Mystic community. I love you so much. I appreciate you. I can't wait to hear how this whole conversation impacted where you are right now. So go on Instagram, tag me, tag Emily. Tell us tell us everything. Tell us about whether you had an awakening or you already knew this or what piece of this whole conversation really spoke to your heart. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, everyone who is listening. I'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye-bye until the next episode.